1: got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant
0: on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. The boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Reception, The
1: Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception, Reception, The Show. Matt, how are you doing? On uh, what well, was an injury riddled week number seven, which is a total bummer.
0: Oh, man, such a bummer. So many injuries. And, uh, I mean, for the Jets especially, you know, <laughs> I say that the 49ers get their ass kicked by the injury bug every single year. Yeah, ha- Has Robert Sala and-, and Mike LaFleur brought that to the to the Jets? <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Have I they? Mean, no. <laughs> oh. to-,
0: to-, to lose Brees Hall, obviously, for the rest of the season on Sunday was killer. And then yeah. as they're officially, like, announcing it as a team – they also are like, oh, by the way, Elijah Vera Tucker oh, is also going to miss the rest of the season, who's our best and you know most impressive young offensive lineman for a group that's yep. already been super banged up. It's just you got to feel for Jets fans. And, and they're in the middle of this like five and two winning season where, you know, it, we, it just sucks. It sucks. Uh, I feel I feel for Jets fans, especially because, you know, Brees Hall was kind of like, and the defense too as well, but like the reason they were winning games. So it really stinks, man. I mean, it just always stinks when there's injuries, but this week felt especially like ugh, rough.
1: I mean, it was tough too, right? Because we saw Brees Hall just break off that gigantic run. And you're like, oh my God, this guy is the truth. You know, you talk about mm. an offense that, okay, it's pretty loaded, but you know, with Zach Wilson under center has struggled. Right. And like the entire offensive identity was built around Brees Hall in the running game. And and you've got a defensive minded head coach in Robert Sala, right? And he's got the defense, you know, playing up notches above, I think, what their talent level is, right? So they've got a good defense, they're working. And what is what do defensive coaches want to do? They want to run the rock. What is Brees Hall doing? He is a special, special player running that football. So everything was kind of sort of humming in that direction. Look, in the preseason, Matt, they, they talked about Michael Carter being the quote unquote heartbeat of this team. Ironically, what ended up happening was that Brees Hall really truly was the heart and soul of the Jets.
0: Yeah, and he was also where they were getting most of their explosive plays, which is not what you think of. Usually it's the passing game that's gonna bring you explosive plays. That's not the case. Brees Hall 10 or excuse me, at 18.8% of his carries this year went for 10 plus yards. Like that Crazy. was a huge number. By the way, Michael Carter, who's a good player. It's just not Brees Hall 4.4% of his yeah. carries went for 10 plus yards. Like that ability to flip the field, like on the, the play we saw in, in Denver and that was blocked really well. Right. Like that was a yeah. great play against the Broncos. Broncos have a great defense. I get that, but um, you know, that massive hole. Sure. You could drive a truck through that hole, but Brees Hall is going to not just drive through it. He's going to explode through it and make like a <laughs> huge play. So uh, that is the biggest thing here is that they're gonna have to and it is a little weird that Jets fans are almost kind of like, yeah, 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 we're winning. that's all that matters. It's like, well, yeah, but you're not winning because of your young quarterback, and like you're gonna if you're gonna keep winning, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to start winning because of him because the explosive plays are not going to have to come from the passing game without Brees Hall in there. And it just, again, it just stinks for Brees Hall.
1: I've always, you know, been since day one, you know, said Zach Wilson's not it. Um, I did not re- realize that uh, that Ian Hartitz was was even more uh, in that camp of, of Zach Wilson is not it. Uh, he, he had a hilarious tweet um, today showing some of the lowlights <laughs> of Zach Wilson from this season, which is just like, oh my gosh, yeah. wow. Yeah, he put it to music and everything, man. I was like, oh my lord. Some about when
0: you put some when you put it to music, it's just it it hits harder. You know, it, it, it hits does. harder. But um uh, look, I mean, it the does. reality is Zach Wilson has not given us a lot of reason to, to think otherwise. You know, I mean he's right. just been he's ranks thirty third this season in EPA per dropback. Thirty
1: third. There's only uh, thirty two starting quarterbacks.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Joe Flacco ranks thirty first. Okay, oh good. But Zach Wilson, at some point, gonna have to give you a reason to believe um, a reason to believe that he can be the guy that can can carry this team. Because right now there hasn't there wasn't a lot from last season. Then they right. sort of stocked the cupboard for him this season. And again, they've been winning games. That's great. They haven't been winning games because of the quarterback. They are going to at some point. And I I have defended Zach Wilson on this show. Not. Not defended his play, but defended the idea that okay, if they win games while he isn't the engine of the offense, like that can, they can be sort of Josh Allen ish with his right. development. Although I know saying like oh this bad quarterback will just turn into Josh Allen is like the ultimate crutch analysis right now. <laughs> but I understand that plan. But again, yeah. now it shifts because you're you can still be a good running team with Michael Carter, but you can't be mm-hmm. without Brees Hall. You can't be a dangerous running team. I guess is the way right. to say it.
1: That's correct. And you're right. I think I think what Zach Wilson needs to show um is that he can play in structure, right? Yes. Like every play can't be a breakdown play. And and right now, that's far too often what we are seeing, is that he doesn't see his first read and then he is out of there, right? And you're like guy you you, at some point you got to play in structure you know and if the first read's not there you got to make that second read um and i think what really from just like a a visual standpoint is not looking great for wilson is that he doesn't see the first read and if he doesn't see it he then hesitates he like pumps Mm -hmm. and then and then he's out of the pocket right and then the play breaks down and And that's why we have the hilarious Ian Hartitz, you know, tweet from today. So anyways. um, Yeah. yeah, To put
0: that that in perspective, uh, 3.07 average time to throw for Zach Wilson on the season. Anything above three is like (laughs) it's a crazy long time, you know, Uh, just that is. That is number one. That's the highest time. That's longest time to throw of any starting quarterback this year. Um, right. Malik Willis, your guy, when he got in that one game against the Bills, he has a three point two uh, time to throw. You know, Trey Lance two point nine nine. Justin man. Fields two point nine five. Like, and right. I, I think that's the thing is like Zach Wilson is not a scrambler like those guys are. I mean, he's obviously an improvisation based quarterback. He was that at BYU. But, you know, and even Lamar Jackson, 2.93. Like, those are the types of quarterbacks that typically have those high time to throws. Zach Wilson is not that guy, even if he's, like, fine as an athlete. So, I agree with you. He just has to get better as a processor. He has to get better yeah, with all this stuff. For sure. And um, I, we haven't talked about Elijah Moore on the on this show, uh, you know, his trade requests. Like, he's going to play in week eight after not playing week seven after requesting a trade and them telling him, thanks, that's nice, but that's not going to happen. Um. At least I don't think we talked about this last week. I'm not sure when. This I feel, all, like, this all, this I feel new, when, like. I don't we even did. remember when this news broke. <laughs> I, <don't remember.
1: laughs> I feel like we did, or maybe we talked about it on the on the Sicko tier only chat. Yeah, no, I felt that's like right. we yeah, talked we did, about we did, it at did, some point. We did because yeah. we I went talk about it, the sicko show. Because, dude, I went in on on the Jets handling of it and Robert Sala like. It's a communication business. You know what I'm saying? Like communicate with your young player, make it right there. And like, let's figure out a way as two adults to basically say, all right, let's just keep this in house. No. What do you do? You immediately bench the guy. You alienate the guy. It's like, come on, man. Like, what are you expecting when he comes back in week eight? Like, are you really quote unquote sending a message? This is one of your best young players. And let's be real. We just got done talking about Zach Wilson. This is not an Elijah Moore problem. Lashmore's playing at a high level. This is a Zach Wilson problem. So when you start then backing the guy who is the the, kind of the cause of the problem, you're on the wrong side of history, my dude, you know? So back your good young player, be a communicator, be a leader, be a CEO of this team and figure out a way to get everyone on the same page without punitively you know damaging the guy like that's what i just don't understand you know like come on man the the only thing i'll say is to
0: not just totally be the player defender here um maybe don't maybe don't tweet about it like if you're <laughs> alive and <they're> like maybe <laughs> don't because I, I think correct. this is, that that maybe is keep, maybe you also do the part about keeping it in house as well you know especially when you're winning games like nobody's just ever just nobody's ever going to be on your side when the team is winning and i mean i would say that with like with fantasy folks like if you're out there and you're complaining about hey they're not using this guy enough they like, well it's like well they are winning games you can't complain about that if they're winning games like okay Correct. they or like or oh this we can't believe in that like we can't believe in Amon Ross St. Brown at the end of last year because um you know it's just a, all these injuries like yeah but also they won games when they pummeled volume his way like they're gonna keep <laughs> doing that it's so the same thing there with Elijah Moore. like nobody's gonna be on your side when the team is winning games but no Long term, though, yeah, they have to fix this relationship and like they have to they have to get that done. Uh, so hopefully they can move on and and all that. But also, just I've said this both Elijah more too, and I think this is probably part of his big complaint because he was even apparently frustrated when Joe Flacco was a quarterback and he wasn't, you know, popping off on a weekly basis. It just haven't been such a weird role for like a. I mean, he's a great route runner, great separator, but they have him in as, like, a pure X receiver deep threat. Like, they're not getting him any, like, layup looks. They're not getting him really any, um you know, targets. Like, that's something that we could see maybe going forward is a little more short area stuff for Elijah Moore, who, you know, like I said, is a great player great separator can win as the X receiver but is like a was a slot in college you know got a lot of looks over the middle right field. Like, I'd like to see more of that stuff for him going forward
1: any layup looks in this offense would be good <laughs> right now right just keep the chains <laughs> moving like build a little confidence for your young quarterback give him something easy to do man
0: like that would be great hey we got a big trade that just broke as we're talking about as we're talking right now James we can Dude, break this uh what Ian Rapport that? reports that the Jets are making a big trade, acquiring Jaguars running back, James Robinson, to help replace Brees Hall. Whoa. That's a whoa, that's
1: whoa, a whoa. That's, that's a weird one. Whoa, <laughs> that, uh, that's a that's a weird one. Okay, what is that all about? Interesting. Um wow. Jets have traded for Jaguars running back, James Robinson. Interesting. Um, it's so funny,
0: you know, thinking about like we talked like Michael Carter was Oh, he's that's a pretty good backup, all that stuff. And then it was it was very, very clear that the Jaguars were moving on to, to Travis Etienne. Like that was right. That was clear. Yeah. That was made clear last the last step, the last game. Although it's also strange because Doug Peterson said like James Robinson's been dealing with a little bit of a knee injury. So mm-hmm. I'm tr- I'm definitely having trouble making uh, making sense of this one. But, um, you know, Robinson hadn't played all that well throughout the course of this year. No. Um was certainly you like know, there was a re there was a reason the the Jaguars
1: were moving on to Travis Etienne. You know what I mean? I agree. And Travis Etienne has looked like the real deal. You know, like he has looked healthier as the season has gone on and he's looked more explosive as the season has gone on too. And I would say the early season splash plays for James Robinson, I think, masked a lot of some of the more mundane yep. runs that he had. Um, and I think overall the efficiency wasn't quite there this was yeah, is
0: 34.6% rushing success rate uh, for James Robinson like that's right. eh, it's not
1: it's yeah, not great, that's not know. yeah that's not ideal that's not ideal I'll, although yes yeah, I gotta we gotta see what kind of draft compensation goes back to Jacksonville um, and if that makes sense uh, for the Jets but anyways uh, that's a spicy one I like I like these trades man I like these trades that get a little crazy
0: The show now. now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Um,
1: okay, so that's the Jets. I wanted to run down a bunch of these under, other injuries. We're going to get to the Colts, too. And we're also going to talk to the uh as well. The Colts news, man. Holy hell, that's a big one. But I want to save that one. Save that conversation. Let's run through these injuries very, very quickly. Mike Williams, high ankle sprain. J.C. Jackson, talk about a bummer, man. Like, he, he's already having a tough season. As it was, and then now a season-ending uh, kneecap injury for JC Jackson as well. But Mike Williams high ankle sprain. This is for a team that is oh man, they they feel a little lost in the woods right now. The Chargers, Matt.
0: Yeah, it really do, and it just there's another team that's snake bitten. I mean, major injuries at every level, uh, defense, offense. Like um, they lose Keenan Allen for this long stretch. They get Keenan Allen back, and as soon as Keenan Allen's back. Like Williams out the door, man, and right. um, oh God, I, I just can't stand the Chargers' offense. Um, from like a structural perspective, from a design perspective, um, you know, it's just one of the roughest watches in the league because because they have Justin Herbert and like they still call plays as if they, you know, J- Joe Lombardi still calling plays as if he has like washed Drew Brees. You know, a lot of like <laughs> a lot of stick routes, a lot of slant routes, a lot of uh, you know get quit game for a guy in justin herbert who you know and i think her i do think herbert can wear some of the blame because he's such a good processor it's like okay first read open boom get it to him because you know because he reads the defense so well and he's such a high high intelligence player but you know at the same time it's like you know these guys get open either uh, except keenan allen who we just haven't seen play often so now mike williams is gone it's like I guess we're back to the, it's funny with Josh Palmer, you know, it's he, he replaces Keenan Allen Now he's replacing Mike Williams again. So, and I don't think Josh Palmer is that good. And I don't think they have a lot of exciting depth behind him. Like I think they're a team James that should be in the market for a wide receiver at the trade deadline because they are in such, they already, I think that was a positional uh, or at least from a depth perspective was a pos- positional weakness for them, even with a healthy Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Cause I just don't think Palmer is like an ideal number three receiver. No, but now with Mike Williams hurt Keenan Allen, you know, coming off an injury like they definitely should be kicking around some of these names like Brandon Cooks or Chase Claypool or uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Jerry Judy, although he's in the same division and and KJ Hamler also might be available (laughs) as well.
1: Right. Well, I mean, look, they, we've talked about this at length. They need speed. I mean, once Jalen Guyton got injured, that's, it was sad. It, it's sad to say Jalen Guyton was the guy that yeah. like helps unlock this offense, but he literally was their only speed guy. They need team speed. Brandon cooks would be perfect. Oh my God. Brandon cooks yeah. would be absolutely perfect. Yeah, and I know he's lost some legs, obviously, you know, at this age, uh, but sure. still certainly would be a, a nice speed addition Uh, to a Chargers passing attack
0: oh yeah absolutely I mean he would be a huge addition Uh, I don't know how I mean the Texans are definitely you know one of the clearest cut rebuilding operations in the entire NFL but I don't know how jazzed up they would be about sending uh, Brandon Cooks away when they just lost Nico Collins that would be like an ultimate wave the white flag uh, move although we don't know how long Nico Collins is going to be out but it is worth uh, it is worth remembering that he did suffer an injury this week as well
1: if the Chargers don't offer a second for Brandon, Cook, because the second round pick would get the job oh, they, done. Yeah, I think, thir- I think a third, I think a third, I, I think, third think a third too. I think a third too, but it would probably be like shopped, right? Yeah. Like Houston could then shop that around and somebody else would certainly offer a third for Brandon cooks as well. But like, yo, you offer us, if you're the Chargers, okay, you're looking at this season right now, let's get it going. Okay. Let, let's offer a second. Let's just get the deal done. I know it's not mm-hmm. a good deal. You know, it's like if you're the Chargers, you know, GM, you're like, I know this is not a good deal. I know it's a bad deal, but you know what? I got to make it. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those it's one of those situations. You know what I'm saying? Um. Anyways. 100%. All right. Yeah. Uh, David and Joku there, uh, who has been a huge integral part of the Cleveland passing game. He's been seeing tons of volume from the tight end position. He's got a high ankle. He's going to be gone. Uh, For a little bit of time. I think DPJ has shown uh, some flashes as well. Amari Cooper. Oh my gosh. On uh, the reception perception uh, matchup mayhem article that I write every week. I I had Amari Cooper as a a big old smash spot against Baltimore and he was one play away, maybe one dicey call away. From looking like it, like I was gonna hit my number like right on the head, um, but uh, but no, they called it back. Offensive, uh, offensive pi, and that was a little bit of a bummer because I, I thought that was a 50, 50 call. I don't know what your take was on that. Have you seen Amari Cooper's like home road
0: splits at this point?
1: No, is it they, crazy? They,
0: they're absolutely outrageous. Um, my co-host at uh, on Yahoo, Dalton Del Don, has been talking about this, like just yeah. how outrageous they are. So, but, but it. it it's not just this year too in 2017 to 2019 um the home home and road splits for Amari Cooper 85.1 yards per game at home 43.3 yards per game away that was from Scott Barrett uh Scott Barrett also posted this year um just DraftKings fantasy points yeah home for Amari Cooper this year 29 or 20.9 fantasy points per game away 5.9 um (laughs) <laughs> what crazy i mean that's obviously that's really drastic but yeah, just like what, are, what is what do the browns got to do should they do they I private jet him to the games every morning like uh <laughs> so he can sleep in his own bed like whatever his mattress company is they need to get a sponsorship wow. deal done right away with amari cooper because wow. he loves sleeping in his own bed but yeah crazy stuff i just think i mean but i've always thought amari cooper is like a very very volatile player just in general right. um yeah we've talked about it, that at length talked about that plenty but yeah losing david and joku now it's just now you're down to that now you're down to that like you're down to amari cooper's your only threat i think injoku was their best Non Nick Chubb player on offense this year, and it's a huge. And obviously, from a fantasy angle, <laughs> there's so so few trustable tight ends. He had an argument to be like the tight end four rest of season I behind, know. Um, you know, Kelsey <laughs> Andrews guys, yeah. and and uh, and Dallas Goddard. I think him and Goddard were kind of right there yeah. with each other.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, all right. Anyways, uh, the we won't spend too much time talking about the Cleveland Browns passing game. It's a little bit, a little bit odd. No. Although I will say, yeah. from a fantasy perspective, I will say, um, I think Deshaun Watson could be a sneaky little stash right at this point, um, as well. If you really need quarterback help, so I don't know. Anyways, but we'll move on. Uh, how how excited ZK? are you though about just sorry? How excited are you about yeah.
0: Deshaun Watson coming back to this environment though? Like, I know he's succeeded with some dust before, but yeah. It's just, that, um, just the passing game is so bad. I, I don't know. And, and and defensively though, they're going to have to. He's going to have to be good right away because their defense sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's it's one of the worst. It's the got to be one of the two or three worst units in the NFL. They have good players over there, so there's a lot of questions do. to ask.
1: I think I think from a I'll 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 hit that two ways defensively, they need to shore up their run game because uh, their run defense, because if they can do that, it helps everything else, man. Like yeah. they are stressing themselves out trying to stop the run. That's why they're getting hit over the top on big plays, too. Yeah. It's really stressing out their defense with how bad their run defense is. I think it can be, I don't want to say easily corrected, but it can be corrected to a degree. I think hmm. Clowney's got to get healthy. I, and I think, you know, Miles Garrett, again, remember, he went through a pretty significant car crash too, you know? Yeah, like for sure. Where's he at, you know? Like, I'm just saying, I, I think if this, if, I think if those two guys, the bookends can get healthy, I think the run game can improve without them having to make major structural changes uh, offensively. It's interesting you bring up the Deshaun. Like I actually think he steps in and immediately elevates this offense. He's going to have a good head coach in Stefanski um outside zone they've got Nick Chubb running around doing things you know um linebacker secondary guys you got to worry about Chubb okay that's going to open up play action right and Deshaun Watson I think is going to be good there um and I know Deshaun Watson primarily a shotgun guy okay but that's okay he's a smart player uh super talented and you're going to pair him up with Amari Cooper DPJ um and can they get anything out of the rookie? Hey listen, it takes rookies a little bit of time to develop. Obviously as we noted last week, dudes on the field. The yeah, dude goes out there a ton. <laughs> is he doing anything? Uh, probably not. Uh but no, I I think the 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 upgrade at quarterback um going from Jacoby to Deshaun Watson I think will be significant and to be honest with you, I do think he's going to come in Maybe he takes one game back, but honestly, hmm. I, I'm really excited about the prospects. I think he's going to come out gangbusters. That's just my thought. And, and of course you don't know what kind of shape he's in and you're hoping that he has kept himself in some kind of shape, but if he is in decent shape, um, I do think that, uh, that, that Cleveland offense is going to see a pe- pretty big bump and pretty quickly too. So we'll see. Um, yeah. okay, we'll move on. Seattle DK, Plateller tendon injury, reportedly not season ending it was what a weird scene it was too. Right, Matt? Like he gets on the cart and, and he says, and he's got a smile on, on his face and he says, I'm good. Um, and because of that scene, everyone thought bathroom break again, right? Yeah, That was literally the joke. Poop cart number two. Yeah. Uh, and then 15 minutes later, oh, he's out for the game. And then it's like, yeah. okay, now he's only out for the game. It's like, oh wait, he's got a pretty serious injury. Like it, it really went from like zero to one hundred in in an instant. You know what I mean? But um, DK out of this offense, what do we think? I mean, I think uh, Marquise Goodwin popping up out of nowhere and filling that X receiver role pretty well.
0: I mean, we're talking about a, a real talent elevating quarterback in Geno Smith. Uh, so you know he can <laughs> elevate guys like Marquise. Dude, Apparently. it is really, it is really outrageous how Geno is playing right now because he's not like you know. <laughs> He he's not doing like this the Zach Wilson out of structure stuff. He's not making like you know, like he's Kyler Murray or something making improvisational plays, you know. Just go out there and you know, always with the with the with the Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals office is like, uh yeah, whatever we draw up doesn't work. Just go make something happen, Kyler. And, and and he does, right? <laughs> right um <exactly. laughs> which, which is exactly. outrageous. But um you know, Geno Smith is like just succeeding in structure, you know, just Destroying, you know, cover three looks three deep players there like they're, whatever you throw at Gino, he's been he's been incredible this year, and he, he's some unbelievable throws against the Chargers, which you know you kind of forget that's a revenge game for him. He didn't used to play the Chargers, uh, but right. you know regardless, like Gino has just played that good this year that he can elevate right. these guys like that. You know, as um as they lose DK Metcalf, now obviously you lose DK Metcalf, who's a, a high quality, I would say right right under the elite tier of like wide receiver ones in the NFL is DK mm-hmm. Metcalf. Like he is right there. But you also have Tyler Lockett who um, you know, was pretty highly questionable to play that game at all. I know. Um, I, you know, I, I was out of town this weekend uh, at a one of my wife's friend's wedding and, you know, I'm just like sneaking a, a look under the table at a, at the reception <laughs> at like my phone, like, oh God, Tyler Lockett. I might have to I might have to find an injury replacement. He doesn't sound like he's gonna play. Of course, Pete Carroll, by the way, we'll keep this in mind with the whole DK Metcalf thing, is the most unreliable narrator of all time when it comes to injuries, <laughs> oh my okay? God, yeah, the, so, worst. the worst. Who knows? We're we're Absolute in the wilderness worst. with DK, but you know, Tyler Lockett yeah. ends up playing that game when when Pete sounded pretty, you know, questionable about it. But I think the important thing to remember with Seattle is that they have a real high quality offensive identity right now. They have a a quarterback playing extremely well and they have a running back in Ken Walker, who is doing similar stuff to what uh, Brees Hall was doing with the New York Jets, where he has been so good, dude. He's incredible. Yeah, he's incredible. And, um, you know, he's a guy that at this point has become like a big play threat for them. Like he's not, I, I wouldn't say that Ken Walker is, um, Yeah, he's a little Nick Chubbish in in like he can he can be the playmaker, the big play guy for his team's offense, you know, because of the way he's so explosive. Like just since he took over um, what Rashad Penny got hurt in week five. Right. So week five, six, seven, uh, these last three games, you know, (laughs) he's been an unbelievable big play uh, machine has Ken Walker 19% of his carries have gone for 10 plus yards we talked about that with Brees Hall on the entire season 18% of his carries have gone for 10 plus yards so he has been that good uh, as a big play runner has Ken Walker that I think even without DK Metcalf this offense can sustain itself because Lockett is a 1B receiver, because Ken Walker is that type of guy, and because Geno is playing this well, I think the Seahawks will be okay even without TK for a little bit of the time here.
1: By the way, I was just thinking about this. Like, we're, we're past the point now where, like, okay, this is a fluke. Like, Geno Smith, as you said, is, like, he's playing incredibly well. Like, you know, you could say he's one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Like, that's how mm-hmm. good Geno Smith is playing. Okay, you know it's interesting? What, what did the Seahawks do with this guy's contract, dude? You know what I mean? Like they gave him a three and a half million dollar one year contract. Like, do they try to just lock him up early? Like right now is, is that a thing? He's 32 years old. That's the other thing. He's 32 years old. Like, what do you yeah, do? Yeah. Yeah. He's what are you doing with Geno old. Smith?
0: I don't know. And, and, um, obviously, you know, <laughs> the Seahawks are first in the NFC West right now. Like, the season ended today, they go to the playoffs, you know, their, know. The, their first round pick isn't going to be high, but they have the Broncos first round pick and oh boy, that thing's going to be high, right? Like, so yes, they could, absolutely. they could take a quarterback high in next year's draft. Um, so I think they've got like, do, I don't know there, I'd have to look at like their current free agent, you know, situation coming into next year. I don't think most of their marquee players are either on big contracts or they're young. Like they're getting so much like out of this rookie class. They have two starting offensive linemen. They have Ken Walker. They have two starting players in the secondary. Th- this draft class has been a, such a huge win for this team Phew,
1: overall. Massive home run. Home I mean, just a grand slam by Schneider, man. Like he just went crazy this draft. And then their other marquee players
0: were uh, 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 uh D- D- DK Metcalf have a Lockett who are locked up right on big time contracts. Right. So I think you could franchise Geno Smith and just like see what happens next year. Um, provided again. he pr- provided he doesn't like, you know, go off, like fall off a cliff or turn into a pumpkin, which I don't think is going to happen at this point because he's just so in, in sync with the offense.
1: Dude, he's going to mess around and be the Colts starting quarterback next year. That's what's going to happen. Gino oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> geno <laughs> smith is gonna mess around and be the cult starting qb next year dude oh no oh my god um no but i i just i'm i'm intrigued man like i wonder if they just try to work a deal with him like right now you know and just like yeah, don't wait true. till the off like a two-year because, deal or
0: something like that yeah
1: yeah yeah you know because like the interest will be high on geno smith this offseason so i wonder if they just try to nip it in the bud just be like yo we're gonna give you a two-year deal they're like we'll give you a two-year 40 with like 30 million guaranteed and like let's go you know what i mean oh my god it's, i can't believe we're talking about this geno i know smith, it's, insane. it's insane it's so great i love the nfl it's just it's just madness it's crazy it's
0: it's reception, reception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon.
1: Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Green Bay. Alan Lazard, I guess, spotted in a sling, uh, left the game with a shoulder injury. The offense in general against Washington, which was in a good spot, if you ask anybody, uh, was in a good spot. The secondary for Washington, not very good. Okay, not very good at all. Uh, and and Aaron Rodgers looked absolutely abysmal. The passing game looked absolutely awful. As a matter of fact, the run game looked bad. Everything looked bad uh, for the Green Bay Packers. But, man, Alan Lazard, who is – it's already a thin wide receiver room, Matt. Like, if he's not available, what does this offense look like at all?
0: Yeah, Lazard has basically been the one trustworthy player for Aaron Rodgers this year. You know, Romeo Dobbs had some flashes, but – really struggled to beat man coverage you know he's above like the below the nfl average and success rate versus man as we talked about uh with his in-season tracking and reception perception he's really gotten right. worse the longer he played which is to be expected he's a third a day three rookie like he's not mm-hmm. about to come out there and be your answer and you know it's like great that you got something out of him but this a, he's actually uh like been good on like short routes but they're never on the same page down the field, you know. Even if Romeo Dobbs is open, he's not in the right spot. It is what it is. Like uh, Rodgers is, I mean, at this point, got to be sick of playing with old Romeo Dobbs. But like, well, there's no reinforce. Like, unless they trade for somebody, there's no reinforcements coming. You know, I mean, this is the this is the bed that the Packers have made, and they have to kind of lie in it now at this point, right? Because they traded. I look, like in hindsight, it is a little wild that the Packers in the middle of this championship window, you know, get a trade request from Devonte Adams. Who's like, I'm not going to play for you guys anymore. I really want to go play for the Raiders. Like, you know, and, and they just are like, okay, that sounds good. Like we'll, we'll get draft picks back because uh, I mean, it, how many times the NFL teams tell off, tell players like, okay, that's like, we talked about with Elijah Moore, different, totally different levels of players. But like, you know, they're like, uh, you want to get traded? that's nice don't <laughs> we don't care <laughs> we don't care you're playing for us like i want I, it's crazy that the packers who franchise tagged Devonte adams weren't just like no you're playing for us okay um maybe oh. would have held out whatever i don't know but it's just so much of that offense was built around adams and they have no viable replacement for it and, and also i don't think Rodgers has played well this year and you know maybe it's because no yeah i mean obviously not but I, it's, it's not like that's not like a revelatory thing to say but it's not just a, wow, this situation is holding him back. He's actively making the situation worse.
1: It, it makes me want to, like, I don't know, like, gouge my eyes out when I like, <laughs> think about the, what the Packers did this offseason. You're yeah. like, this is the year. This is it. Whatever you think your window is, your window's 2022. And if you thought the window was longer, then you're stupid. The window's 2022. This is what you got right now. Let's go for it. You you just paid Aaron Rodgers big money. You've got Devonte Adams. You've got Aaron Jones in his prime. You've got a young upcoming stud in in AJ Dillon as well. Your offense with Devonte Adams looks pretty damn stacked. Without Devonte Adams, it's the wide receiver room is a trash heap. It,
0: yeah, it, and no viable replacement. I mean, right? Because Christian Watson, correct? It, Christian Watson, even in an in a best case scenario, if you like Christian Watson, I think you had to kind of admit, you know, that developmental he's player, a developmental player. Yeah, he's right. a developmental player that's going to take some time and was not ready to, you know, like he was not George Pickens, who was ready to take the NFL field from from the jump, you know, so right just didn't make a lot of sense. With, like, if this offense had, uh, just to say Jordan Love, like, Jordan Love is a starting quarterback there, like, and they're doing all this window dressing and all this, like, all right, we're developing younger receivers, you know, we're trying to get around it. Probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be very good, but at least it would make sense. The right. fact that you have a veteran quarterback who wants more and more control, especially now because his number one receiver is no longer there, uh, right. playing with these these developmental receivers and, 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 you know, whatever it doesn't make a lot of sense. It also doesn't make doesn't. sense that they can't run the ball well. Like this was the first week pr- pretty much all season. They've actively tried to get Aaron Jones, the ball and their defense is not as good as it should be with uh, some of the talent they have over there. So pretty much green Bay in a bad spot. Who, who do you think is more likely to turn things around? James, the Packers or the bucks? Um, probably
1: the bucks, the bucks, I, the bucks are a head scratcher to me. Visually, Matt, nothing looks wrong. And actually, too, it's like even when you look at the box score, you're like, okay, Mike Evans had a pretty good game. Chris Godwin had a pretty good game. And then you look up and you're like, wait, what? They had three points. Like, what what the hell happened? Like, what the hell happened? And It's the same thing from last week. Right. We thought last week was a one week blip. Right. Against the Steelers. Steelers had no starting secondary players out there. And Tom Brady could not get this offense moving in the right direction. And it's, yeah. and it's, and it's funny too, because then people will point to the Mike Evans drop on, on like the first drive and say, well, if he had caught that, his box score, Tom Brady's box score looks a lot different. Maybe that gets the offense going. I don't know, man. Um, I will bring up this one thing. And I wonder if they make a change. Leonard Fournette is starting to look like he's running out of gas. Yeah, He looks like he has hit a wall and it makes a lot of sense because man, the usage on Leonard Fournette before this game was sky high. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, remember, coming into this game too, Leonard Fournette averaging 3.6 yards per carry, right? So it's not like he's been efficient, but they've just been giving him the rock, feeding it to him over and over and over again. I just felt like finally in this game, Matt, Fournette looked just, he just looked tired. Didn't look yeah. like he had any kind of burst whatsoever.
0: They are the stone worst rushing offense when you look at EPA per rush. Um they have not play they have not run the ball well at all. Um you know obviously the offensive line like the interior is not good. We knew that was right. going to be an issue coming into the year. I don't think like Donovan Smith who's also dealt with injuries. Uh, I don't think he's mm-hmm. played well the entire season. Uh, obviously some of that could be due to injuries but Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah, you know, that's that's the problem, too. This offensive line, I think, has, has really struggled as a run-blocking unit, but, like, they keep trying to commit to the running game as well, which has also been a little confusing because this was one of the most pass-heavy teams in neutral situations. Do you think, like, the shift to Todd Bowles is sort of showing its head so far this season? Because I think Todd Bowles is a good coach, but maybe maybe i mean he wasn't he was not a successful coach with the jets right but he was a good Correct. defensive coordinator for this bucks team and you know overall sounded like he you know by and large got good good reviews from everybody there but right um probably more of a conservative guy than uh bruce arians and you know i know byron leftwich called the plays i know mm-hmm. byron leftwich is still calling the plays but there is still a chance that it bowls the head coach like has more of his fingerprints on the game plan, more of his fingerprints on the what they're doing in the game to the point that they are running the ball more. They're more conservative. They're not like as much of a pass heavy team. And if, a lot of times with Leonard Fournette, they've, it seems like they've been slamming their head against the wall from a rushing perspective. Uh, so I do kind of I one. But that is a change, though, that we could see, because this is another thing that uh, to bring it back to Todd Bowles, he's made a couple of comments the last two weeks about like we need to, you know, if old guys are still like hanging on to their Super Bowl glory, they might need to like, you know, get with,
1: I'm (laughs) I'm totally paraphrasing, but like get with the program now and figure out what's happening now. He made
0: another comment after this last game, we're going to have to, and this is more of a direct quote. We're going to have to see if the old guys can still play. And if the young guys can play and that, that did immediately make me think like, I wonder if that's a Rashad White comment. I, I mean, that's I think there's a is. chance.
1: I think it is. And I would not be surprised with, with how they're playing right now. They're three. I mean, they're three and four. Like, yeah. I mean, and I get it. Like, they've had major offensive line injuries. I understand that. But you still got Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin is now returned. And like, the offense doesn't look good at all. I wouldn't be surprised. If they wanted to "quote unquote" shake it up, okay, all of a sudden, okay, we're gonna have Rashad White starting. You know what I mean, like because that would be a a shake-up move Mm -hmm. that would have very little ramifications, if you know what I'm saying. Like you couldn't be like, hey, we're we're benching Mike Evans. Can't do that. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Right. You you can't be like, oh, we're benching Chris Godwin. Can't do that. Right. Like that's not not gonna happen. Can't do that. Who can you do that to? You could do it Leonard Fournette.
0: I know, right. and even but even so, with Leonard Fournette, I think Leonard Fournette is a pretty decent player. Um, but I think they can mix in more of White. They're probably not going to say like we're going to go ahead and bench Leonard Fournette, but they right. can make, they can ca- they can casually do it to like, hey, this is looking more like a a Zeke Elliott Tony Pollard type of split where we're seeing then whereas Leonard Fournette at this point has been one of the most involved backs, like you know, in the passing game and the running game, and I do think Brady likes him and all that stuff. So um, for sure, we'll see. We'll
1: see. Yeah. I mean something's got to change because man, this offense just looks weird. I don't I really don't understand it. Uh, I don't understand like again and Matt, tell me if I'm wrong. Like visually when you kind of look at it play by play you're like okay they look kind of sort of like what they look like in 2021. There's a few plays certainly where you're like okay Tom Brady that will look a little odd. But overall I think they look kind of similar to to what they look like in 2021. But man, the results are just way different.
0: Yeah, uh, results are way different. And it's weird because for the most part, other than the interior of the offensive line, these are the guys they expected to play with.
1: All right, quickly here. Let's talk about the Colts. Um, I think we've been hemming and hawing here, but the big news today uh, was certainly that the Colts have benched Matt Ryan. I I don't know. It seems kind of like a raw deal for Matt Ryan, dude. Honestly, like he's dealing with apparently with a separated shoulder too, right? So like, couldn't they, you could have done him right by just being like, you know what? He's hurt. And we're going with the rookie, Sam Ellinger, Ellinger, who looked really good in the preseason. And, you know, we'll, we'll reevaluate when the time comes, you know, uh, it's just, but they were like, oh no, 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 we're replacing Matt Ryan for the rest of the season with his unproven rookie and Sam Ellinger. Uh, I just felt like, wow, that was kind of like a mean way to go about, uh, you know, kind of breaking that news down. But, uh, but your thoughts here on pass catching assets now. Uh Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce. And I guess I, I, I all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got um what's, Paris his, what's Campbell? Paris Campbell has <laughs> re-entered the chats. Like, what is going on here?
0: Yeah, so there's a lot to there's a lot to pick on here. Um, by the way, it's a six-round pick the Jets are giving up for James Robinson. So not not much Nothing. to give up to to, to wow. get James Robinson there. I'm su- kind of surprised that the Jaguars just like <laughs> just gave it up. Just gave just gave him up for for nothing, wow. um, nothing. You know, that's pretty crazy. Nothing, Very nothing, weird. Nothing. Um, um, okay. So, so on the Colts thing, this is a, yeah. a wild situation. Um, and I, I think there's so much to pull on here, uh, for for this team because, okay. man, you know, I, this was one of those things. Like, I was actually happy to be on Twitter for for this. You know, I was happy to be kind of paying <laughs> attention to it. And um, okay, because at first it was like, are they benching Matt Ryan or is he just hurt? And it sounds like, like, nope, we were going to bench Matt Ryan, even if he didn't have this, this shoulder strain. But a couple of lines really stood out to me about uh, this. Steven Holder, who's a uh, reporter on this team for a long time, you know, he said yes. that Frank Reich and Chris Ballard had a long conversation with Jim Ursay. Uh, last hmm. night, a uh, Sunday night, that is, and you know they they didn't say that like oh this was Ursay's decision or anything like that. But uh, as Stephen Holder put it, Ursay's become increasingly involved the, behind the scenes of late. We know that he was a big part of pushing Carson Wentz's ass out the door. Um, right. Apparently, Frank Reich also said that he told Matt Ryan, "We did not hold up our end of the bargain. We have not delivered." That is certainly true. While Matt Ryan has hmm. not been good this year, the situation that they sold him like you're going to come here behind our big time offensive line and we're going to protect Correct. you and make this good little ecosystem for you no that has not been the case anything but the case really this offensive line's been terrible um i i don't know man i i, I struggle to see how do frank reich and chris ballard come out of this one you know like they're they they're don't. going they're not they're i don't think they do either and because the, they're not yeah. going to they're not going to some like second round pick they're going to like a a nobody in sam ellinger six rounder a six rounder you know like in in it's week eight like we're going into week eight here this is not week freaking 14 or something like that like this by all accounts looks like a white flag move like i know why they're not starting nick Foles because he's nick Foles and he's basically the worst like matt ryan but worse right now um, they, they're they clear. They want to like have somebody, I think, with some mobility back there. Sam Ellinger That's ran for like 30 correct. plus touchdowns. Yeah, that seems right. to be what it is. But like, man, it's, you still got to throw the ball. And like they had been running this like up tempo, you know, no huddle, a pass first offense the last couple of weeks. They win one game. They lose one game. I, can they really still run that style of offense without Matt Ryan? I, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, uh, we're talking about a guy, a six-round pick, 6'2", 222 pounds, out of Texas. And he had a great preseason, though, Matt. You know, they actually had designed quarterback runs for Sam Ellinger in the preseason. Um, so I think the coaching staff has an idea of what they want to do with Sam. So they're not just throwing him out there. It clearly, I to your point – is a move because their offensive line stinks right now. So the mobile mobility will certainly help uh, with this offensive line. Okay. Now that being said, well, first of all, can I get some of his backstory out of the way? Cause his backstory is very, it's sad to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, his dad died at 46 years old in a heart attack while he was competing in a triathlon back in 2013. So, relatively recently okay and his dad was just 40 46 46 died of a heart attack during a triathlon okay so that's sad in and of itself but then his brother also died in an accidental overdose last year um when his brother was just 20 years old it was a fentanyl overdose so man this is a guy that has dealt with a lot of tragedy in his life Football apparently has been kind of his safe haven. So he's got this real sad backstory. And no matter what, you, you got to root for a guy like that, right? You got to root for a guy like that. And as I mentioned, had a great preseason, had a great preseason um, mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Now that being said, uh, the great Lancer line uh, who writes for NFL says at best, this is a, an average backup quarterback at best. He's an average backup, not a good backup, an average backup. Uh, and certainly when you pop on that tape, man, uh, dude, that the the arm strength is not good. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Not NFL level arm strength, dude. I mean, it's like he reminds me of a bigger, stronger, faster Taylor Heineke. Uh, that the that arm was, strength... the,
0: was exactly what you were making me think of there because of the yeah. mobility and like the, the, the lack of arm strength.
1: Yeah, it's, it's real, man, it's real rough. And I I don't know, man, what are your thoughts on Michael Pittman? Because honestly, I'm worried. I'm I'm terrified for Michael Pittman. Well, you know, you're, you're making me think of the fact that
0: he's one of like a small handful of receivers, only three other guys that have run a hundred plus routes and haven't had a target 20 plus yards downfield. I saw that stat from rich rebar this morning. Uh, It sounds like with the, uh, I mean, maybe, Hey, maybe if, uh, if Ellinger's got the Heineke gene in him, He'll still yeah. throw it. He'll still play like he's Josh Allen, if he, even if he's not Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, you can't feel great. You know, this is the thing, like I said this this morning like the the second option door number two if it's a different quarterback it doesn't always mean it's a better quarterback like different isn't always better so yeah I'm 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 definitely concerned for Michael Pittman and those like 16 target games on pure crossing routes that we were getting with Matt Ryan under center like we're not we are not gonna get those with uh with Sam Ellinger under center so definitely a problem for Michael Pittman um you know he should I'm, I, you just have to hope that he comes in there and just locks in on Michael Pittman and like yeah. Yeah, that. He's aggressive. They run him, they get him on the move, uh, you know, play action, boot him out of the pocket. And um, that's how they do the offense. You know, so far right now, Matt Ryan is, uh, has the seventh most plays against man coverage this year. I, I think you have the hope that, you know, Ellinger, you know, is a guy that, they're going to play a ton of man coverage. They're, they're going to be nervous to play man coverage against because of the mobility. And you have to kind of hope that that is a, a big part of it there. But, uh, so we know Mac, Michael Pittman could beat man coverage. We know, um, you know, that mobile quarterbacks typically beat up on man coverage, but I don't know, man, I'm, I'm definitely, it's a concern for sure for Michael Pittman and like Alec Pierce.
1: Oh, he's in the huge, dirt. Alec yeah, Pierce is huge in the, con- he's yeah, huge concern. It's forget it. Like his, I mean, something would have to change in in terms of his usage and game for Alec Pierce to do anything for the rest of the season. Because yeah, it's all deep shots. I exactly. It's all deep shots with a quarterback that can't get the ball deep, right? Like I don't. I just don't see it. I mean, and again, maybe they utilize him in a different way. It's it, which is possible. You have to kind of hope that it's
0: like a little bit like twenty twenty one. You know, a quarterback who's erratic they're running the ball really well and they're like make it plays off play action. And we've kind of seen that experience with Michael Pittman, but it, it elevated nobody else. And you know, for yeah. all of Carson Wentz's flaws, he's probably still better than Sam Ellinger. So that's where yes. we're at with Michael
1: Pittman, which we're pretty, we're translation. We're down bad. <laughs> the, the Colts are now on their seventh starting quarterback since 2018, their seventh starting quarterback Outrageous. since 2018 that is crazy that if you want to know how to get fired as a gm and a coach that's it right there yeah <laughs> that's right there all right hey listen our time does run short uh, great show today as always we're going to catch you guys in a couple of days here uh be sure to like and to subscribe rate the podcast as well go to reception uh perception.com Uh, If you have not already, check out our great offerings there. All right, so for Matt Harmon, I am James Goh. We'll see you.